Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About That. This is a series where we're dealing with the subject of sexuality. We're dealing with same-sex attraction. What does the Bible say about gender and those particular issues? Week two in a series that, in my opinion, is one of the toughest subjects to teach and all the Bible, and it's, it's not because the material's difficult, it's because it's going against culture. And so that makes it really tough, and I'm trying to, you know, be sensitive and just show people what the Bible says, but I know what so many people believe, and especially newer Christians, because of the culture that they grew up in. So uh, I wanna ask you to give me some grace, and I wanna encourage you uh, to listen to all five lessons. And each lesson, it, it, it has something in it for every single one of us. So we're not, it, it's just principles that you can use in any area of your life. And, and just encourage you to listen to all five. For some of you that are 50 plus, and you might even be 45 in fitness category, uh, we grew up in a nation that had Judeo-Christian values. And uh, so that means that was up front in our nation. Whether all of our leaders lived it or not, it was just out there. That's no longer there. We no longer live in a Judeo-Christian values country. And so if you're 50 and up, that's really tough for you, and I, I fully understand it. But now you get to live like Daniel did. Daniel was taken captive to Babylon. It's a great book in the Bible. I encourage you to read it. And you, you have the privilege of living like Jesus and like Paul and like Peter. They lived in the Roman Empire, and it was a, no Judeo-Christian values there. Uh, pedophilia was legal in the Roman Empire. So what happens is we can study their lives and we can learn how we interact in the culture we're living in. It's just great to understand it. So it's really important for each and every one of us to understand uh, what the Bible says about these issues. Um, if you have children that are living this particular type of lifestyle, I wanna encourage you to be parents. I wanna encourage you to love your loved ones uh, because the Bible teaches us we're to love everybody, and I hope to balance that out, help you understand how you live your life, but yet we love everybody in the world. As a matter of fact, this is only for Christians. So uh, if you're listening and you're not a Christian, this really isn't for you. The Bible actually just has one theme, one thing for non-Christians, and that's this. Jesus loves you, and he died for you, and he sacrificed himself for you, and you and I, uh, we're all born sin-stained, and we need a savior, and that's all, the only message we share with the non-Christians. God hasn't called us to legislate morality in the world out there, although sometimes the church does that. He hasn't called us to beat the world up with the Bible, although sometimes we do that. But this is also difficult because we're live streaming. So we're on YouTube, man. We have a YouTube channel. We're on the NBC affiliate in the region. So I know that non-Christians are listening. So what I hope happens with you is you can see the church loves you, but you can also see that culture might be lying to you. And we just wanna do our best to show Christian parents how to protect their kids in this culture. As a matter of fact, I'm teaching this because Christian parents have been begging me to teach on this subject, and so I'm finally teaching it. So stick with me, listen to all five lessons, don't judge until I'm completely done. And I wanna open up with a story for this lesson. Uh, I titled this lesson, The Battle. And 
Years ago when I counseled in the 80s, when the church was smaller, I did all the counseling, I had a guy come in and just, let me tell you what this guy was like. He was a young man, single, heterosexual, and he was on fire for Jesus. He had accepted Christ and he filled up a couple rows in our church. I mean, just, he kept bringing people to Christ, bringing them to church after he brought them to Christ. He was an amazing young man, but he made an appointment with me and he comes in and he sits down and he just begins to cry. And I was in shock because you know he was not one to cry. And I said, what's wrong? What's going on in your life? He said, I'm walking away from Jesus. I'm not serving Jesus anymore. He said, I'm just gonna leave this Christian faith. And I'm like shocked. I said, why, why would you do that? He said, I'm a hypocrite. I'm living a lie. And so I, I, I was a little nervous to ask him what he's doing. You know, I didn't want him to say I'm a serial killer or something. <laughs> then I'd have to report him, right? And so I said, well, what's up? What's going on in your life? What's this double lifestyle? And he said, well, Jesus taught that we shouldn't you know, watch or look at pornography. And Jesus does teach that in the gospel. He said, but I keep, at least once a week, I fall into pornography. He says, and then I repent and I say, I'll never do it again. Then I do it again. Then I come to church and I'm like, hallelujah. And everybody thinks I'm this just really spiritual guy. I'm living a lie, he said. He said, then I'm single. I take girls out. I pray before I take them out and say, I'm not gonna fall tonight. And then he says, I end up having relations with them. And he says, and then I repent and then I come to church. Hallelujah. Everybody thinks I'm this spiritual guy. And he said, I'm tired of living the lie. He said, I'm just walking away from Jesus. He said, I don't even think I'm a Christian. I said, oh, you're a Christian. You wouldn't be sitting here if you weren't a Christian. The very fact you're guilty tells me you are a true Christian. The Holy Spirit's convicting you. And then I went on to tell him, you cannot overcome these things unless you understand certain principles. And I talked to him about the three battlefields all of us have to engage. All of us have to engage these three battlefields. And then once we're aware of them, I'm gonna show you in lesson four, I'm gonna show you what you do to supersede these areas and overcome. But he didn't understand that. Once I explained it to him, he stayed in church and he, he grew and he, he was just amazing. He, he moved out of state, unfortunately, but uh, just, just an amazing man of God. And he had to learn, yeah, you're failing because you don't understand. So uh, this is my big idea for this lesson. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than we've ever understood. If you're visiting, I like a big idea for every lesson and I'm gonna prove it as I go through the lesson. So here's the, here's the big idea. We can win our battles when we understand our battle. So our battles could be this heterosexual guy trying to live pure before he's married. Uh, it could be what I shared with you last week. Um, I, I loved to gossip when I met Jesus. I, I considered myself a professional gossiper and the Bible said it was a sin. It actually called it an abomination. And, and I learned it from my aunts. Some of my aunts were the best gossipers on planet Earth. They were good, and I just picked it up by being with them, you know? And then I saw in the Bible I wasn't supposed to do it. So then I had to make a decision not to do it. That was a battle. We have all kind of battles, guys. We're all fighting different things. And we can win our battles when we understand our battle. And there's three fronts to our battle. And parents... This is gonna help you understand how to protect your kids, how to keep an eye on them, 
because this is going on in their lives too. It's going on in our lives. It's gonna help us understand how to protect ourselves, heterosexual or not. How do you protect yourself? It, sex may mean nothing to you, but how, how do you protect yourself in this area or a whole nother area, right? So we're gonna go and we're gonna look at that. Hey, before we do, just wanna uh, talk to you about weekend follow-up groups. We're in connect group season. You know what a weekend follow-up group is? It's a group that literally goes over what I taught in the lesson, but they're gonna, they're gonna let you interact and ask questions. We have two opportunities. One of them is on Monday night at, at not, uh, 7 p.m., and it's virtual, it's online, so anybody that can't come to church, all of us can go to this one. It's 7 p.m., and all you do is go to believers.cc, you click the weekend follow-up group box, and it will give you links to the Zoom. We have another one on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m., and it's at Perkins and Boardman. So if you live in the Boardman area, and Tuesday morning is Bob Morris, he leads that, and Monday night is Jim Santangelo. These are two incredibly mature brothers that are part of the Boardman campus. So you can hook up, you can be part of it. So let's look at the first battlefield. You guys ready? Here it is, here it is. We must understand we have a sin nature. It's really important to understand. So this confuses some Christians because they'll say, well, when I accepted Jesus, the Bible says I was crucified with him. I no longer live. I've been born again. How can you say I have a sin nature? Well, it's because you're a three-part being. So you are a spirit. That's the real you. Your spirit looks just like your body. It has eyes and hands. It's, it lives inside your body. So when your body dies, it, it goes up or down depending on what you did with Jesus. But that's your spirit, man. And then your body is totally different. And then you have a soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. When you accepted Jesus, the real you, your spirit man, literally died and was reborn. It's created in his image and in his likeness. And that's pretty, pretty cool. So we're not part of the Godhead, guys, but we are holy and blameless. We have God's nature. That's the fruit of the spirit, right? And that's the real you, and it's blood washed and you're forgiven. And that's why you're gonna go to heaven because you accepted Jesus. But that guy lives in a body that has a sin nature. And if you read Romans 7 this week, 6, 7, and 8, the chapters are amazing. But Romans 7, that's the famous chapter where Paul says, the things that I want to do, I end up not doing. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And that's exactly what that guy was saying in my office, right? And then, so Paul says, what am I going to do? And he says, well, I figured it out. It's not me, my spirit man, that's doing it. It's sin that lives in my body, and he's not giving us a license to sin. He's, he said, I figured it out. And in Romans 8, he tells you how to supersede that in your life. Incredible, incredible. Here's another verse. This is a great verse. Listen to this. Galatians 5.19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, that's sin in your body, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. And this is not a complete list, but if you were to read on, there's more verses. It talks about pride. It talks about heart sins. It talks about all of them. And Notice how it says these desires of our sinful nature. So every one of us has a sin nature. The enemy's gonna try to pull on it and get us to do things that are wrong. Now, parents, here's what you have to understand about your kids, and you already know it. You may have never put it in this terminology, but your kids have a sin nature. Let me ask you a question. Uh, did you have to teach your totter, toddler to throw tantrum? Anybody here ever have to teach? Here's how you throw a tantrum. Uh, did you have to teach your kids to lie? No, you, you never taught them. Did you have to teach them to rebel? No. 
There's no training there. They, they have a sin nature that's in them. And so that's why we wanna coach them and help them grow out of those things. One of our children, I won't tell you who, we had four kids. Uh, they had a really strong will. And we had this lamp in our living room back then. And it, we didn't wanna kid-proof our house. We didn't wanna take everything out. We thought, we're gonna train these guys. And so I worked with them and I worked with them. Now you know it's one of my boys, okay? So... <laughs> Didn't do that last night. So I worked and I worked and I worked. And so one night, Gina and I are sitting on the couch and they're going towards the lamp. And I go, don't touch that lamp, don't touch that lamp. They literally did this. I'll never forget it. They looked at me. It's like, what you gonna do about it, big boy? That's, that's ex- I know they were thinking it, two years old. Come on. And they kept doing it. And I go, no, 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 don't do that. They made us get off the couch and, and deal with it up close and personal, right? <laughs> Guys, why do they do that? They have a sin nature. So you have to know that about your kids. They're really sweet, aren't they? I heard one preacher say, God made kids little so they won't kill us. <laughs> and he made them cute so we won't kill them, right? I mean, <laughs> right? And you know I love kids, but they'll make you want to pull your hair out at times, right? Why? They have a sin nature, just like you and I, and the enemy will try to pull on that. So that's really important. You have one too, right? It doesn't go away. We can supersede it. Here's point number two. We must understand we will be tempted. A temptation is when a thought comes in your head to do something wrong. So we have our own thoughts, right? But the enemy has the ability to put thoughts in our mind. And he tempted Jesus this way. We know Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, right? And it seems like the enemy, the devil, actually appeared to him there. But the Bible teaches us he was tempted his entire life. That means thoughts came in his head to do the wrong thing. And this is really important for us to understand. Now, think about your kids. They have a sin nature. And and, and then if they see the wrong things with their eyes, that enemy is going to put thoughts in their head to grab onto that. And, and, And those sins are in their body. So it's why you want to protect your kids and we want to protect ourselves, what we watch, the atmospheres we get into. But listen to this. This is an amazing scripture, Hebrews 4.14. But Jesus, the son of God, is our great high priest who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him. If you're a Christian, Jesus is not just your savior. He's your high priest. The Bible says you can go to the throne of grace whenever you have a problem and find help, find grace in the time of need. That's powerful. But here's why he's such a great high priest. You ready? Listen to the next verse. Verse 15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses since he had the same temptations we do, though he never once gave way to them and sinned. And I asked him, keep this on the screen for me. Guys, this is really amazing. Listen again. Jesus had the same temptations we do. That means bad or negative thoughts went in his head though he never once gave way to them and sinned. So uh, let's make sure we understand Jesus. Jesus is God the Son. He always existed. He came into a human body, the Immaculate Conception, right? And he grew up in a human body. He was about 30 when he began to do what we see in the Gospels, you know, heal people, talk about God. So for 30 years, he grew up like we did. Think about that. He was a toddler. He probably wanted to touch the lamp. He probably had... You say, Jesus couldn't do that. He's the son of God. No, he's the son of God inside a human body. And that body wasn't redeemed. And that body had a sin nature. I mean, it seems he was tempted, right? 
and he had thoughts come into his head, and maybe, I'm not even sure if it had a sin nature. It might have been like Adam's, but it doesn't matter. Thoughts went into his head. It just came into his head to do wrong things. So I remember when I was in school, uh, there were a few times I didn't get A's, and uh, when I was in grade school, and they made us take our papers home for dad to sign, and I just forged his name. I didn't realize how bad my handwriting was. I got caught every time, I did it a couple times. Jesus could have been tempted to do that. You think, well, he had to have all A's. What, what if he wasn't good at math? I'm just having some fun here, all right? So have fun. And, and he thought, ah, Joseph's gonna be mad at me. He ran his, his stepdad's business. And there had to be times when he's doing his taxes and he's thinking, man, this Roman government, they're, they're gouging me. And he could have had a thought. It's not him, it's the enemy putting a thought in there, right? It's not him, it's the enemy putting a thought just smudge these numbers and you don't have to pay as many taxes. Again, guys, he's the son of God, but he's in a human body and the enemy's throwing temptations at him. So I'm gonna read it one more time. Listen to it. He had the same temptations we do. That means thoughts came in his head. They weren't his, they were from the enemy. Though he never gave way to them or took hold of them and did them or sinned. So temptation is not a sin. And guys, if we know that, if we can understand temptation's not a sin, then, then we can fight and we can say no to the thoughts that come in our head. The guy that was in my office, he thought those were his thoughts and he thought he was sinning as soon as the thought came in his head. I said, no, thoughts come in our head. You have the authority to tell them to go. You can cast down those thoughts that come into our heads and it set him free and so, Jesus had all the temptations we do. Guys, you know, I hear some guys say this and I feel like I better say this. It's okay, I I can look as long as I don't touch. No, looking like that is a sin, right? You're taking hold of thoughts, right? Uh, That's not what Jesus did. Jesus, any thought that came out of me, cast it down. And that's what we're to do. And the devil is going to put thoughts in our heads. He has his helpers to do it. And he's gonna to try to pull on the sin nature that's inside of us. Here's what's really important. He's gonna do that to our kids. So we have to know that's happening. And you don't want your kids to see the wrong things. Because then he's gonna work on what they see. And that's my next battlefield I wanna talk about. Uh, we wanna make sure we understand this because the enemy will put thoughts in our head. I, I'll tell you a story real quick and then I'll get to this next one. I had a pastor friend, he's about my age, but this is when he was young. He was a young guy, heterosexual, um, <clears throat> married, a couple kids, pastoring the church, and just, just everyday good guy. He said one day he noticed a guy was attractive, and all of us put people in categories, right? Where, uh, you notice if someone's attractive, male or female, and then you go, so what? It doesn't matter, it's who we are on the inside, right? But he noticed this guy was attractive, and he said immediately, a thought came in his head and said, you were born gay and you need to act out on it. He's a pastor. Now he laughed. He just said, I command you to go. He knew that wasn't him. And you and I have to know those thoughts are gonna come. So here's number three, you guys ready? This one's really important, it goes like this. We must understand we can be deceived. It's possible to be deceived. Now deception just simply means this, we believe something that's not true. I'm gonna make a statement. You might have trouble with it at first. Many of you know it, but all of us are in some type of deception somewhere in our life. You know what that means? We believe something that's not true. Culture's been beating us forever. So when I accepted Jesus 
as my savior. I had that right, I'm going to heaven, right? But I still believed all kinds of things that weren't true. And so that's why we follow him and we renew our minds and we find out what does God say, right? And listen to what the Bible says about our enemy. This is Revelations 12, nine. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole or entire world was thrown down onto the earth with all his army. So this is a future event. When he rebelled against God, he was thrown out of heaven and he's up here somewhere in the heavenlies. Somewhere in the future, before Jesus returns, he's gonna be thrown out of the heavenlies and into the earth. He's gonna be very upset. Here's all I want you to see. The one deceiving the entire world. He's causing the world to believe a lie. Now I'm gonna say something else about him. And I'm not trying to lift him up, but he's the greatest strategist in the universe next to God. God is the greatest, right? God's a billion times smarter than him. But he is brilliant. And I wanna tell you how we can beat him. Here's why he's brilliant. <clears throat> Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, they let us know about his beginning. He was created as Lucifer, right? And the Bible says he was the covering cherub. Cherubs are the highest form of angels. And most theologians will tell you, you can't ever get all theologians to agree, but most theologians will tell you he was the worship leader of heaven. That's, that's what that covering or anointed cherub means. And the Bible says he was God's most beautiful creation. He was, he was just perfect in all his ways. He's not Jesus' brother, by the way. Jesus is God the Son. Lucifer is a created being, right? He was created somewhere in the beginning by Jesus. But he, he was just brilliant and smart. He saw everything. He knows the inside workings of everything. And then the Bible says iniquity was found in his heart, pride. And he said, I can take God on. And he tried to take God on. And that was like a less than a second war. And he was cast out of heaven, right? But this is who we're dealing with. I'm not trying to lift, lift him up. But the only way you and I can compete with him is to find out what the Bible says and hold on tight and do it because the Bible is the wisdom of God. So uh, we can be smarter than our enemy if we find out what the Bible says. But guys, if we don't, a lot of times we're walking in the dark, man, and he's got a pit two years out and he's just getting us you know, to be sloppy here, sloppy there, and he just wants you to fall in that pit. So that's why we wanna hold on to the word of God. But he has deceived the world, that's what we call our culture, and there's a couple ways he does it. Here's one way he does it. He tries to deceive Christians even after we know Jesus, and he'll do it through false teachers. And this next scripture blew my gaskets, and we said that when I was young. It just means it blew my mind, right? So uh, I, I, want you to, I want you to see this next scripture. Uh, not the first verse, but the second one is what blew my gaskets. But here's verse one, 2 Peter 2, 1. But there were false prophets too in those days. That's the Old Testament. Just as there will be false teachers among us, that's the New Testament. They will cleverly tell their lies about God, turning against even their master, Jesus, who bought them, but theirs will be a swift and terrible end. And I have met some of these, I knew some of these guys. I know a pastor that did everything I did, altar calls, he loved God, but he started believing some lies and twisting the Bible, and he eventually, denied Jesus. He said, you don't need Jesus to go to heaven. He fell into universalism, which is you can get to heaven by any religion, any way. All of us are gonna go. God loves us. How could he ever not let us into heaven, right? I watched it happen to this guy. And guys, there are false teachers out there all over YouTube. And I wanna show you something. Um, the next verse, you ready for your gaskets to be blown? 
Here it is. Many will follow their evil teaching that there is nothing wrong with sexual sin. Here's why my gaskets were blown. Of all the false teaching God could have picked, which one has he picked? The one that's been here throughout history, throughout the 2,000 years of the church. There's nothing wrong with sexual sin. And because of them, these false teachers, Christ and his way will be scoffed at. And I thought, boy, of all things, you pick that. And that's what's happening today. I talk to a lot of young Christians, they tell me, Pastor, the book isn't relevant, the Bible's not relevant. I'm not even sure if it's God, you know? And then we have progressive Christians who say, it's just a lot of suggestions, right? A lot of stories. It's not really God's word. And, and then they'll look at me and say, sexual sin's okay of any kind. It's just okay. And, and I'm in shock. But I know they're listening to people that are false teachers, right? And if you were to go on YouTube, uh, you could find tons of people teaching that, you know, same-sex relationships God's all for them and so on and so forth. And again, I'm not coming against anybody. I'm just trying to teach Christians what the Bible says. So you might say, what do I do? You need to find a really good church with a good teaching pastor. You have to make sure they're transparent and they love God. They're studying the Bible. And we have a lot of them in our valley. So pick one, a lot of them all over the country. And when you hear something that you think is a little goofy, you need to ask your pastor. You need to say, hey, is this true? I heard this guy teach this. And let him help you out because there's tons of false teachers. So if I was the devil and I'm, you know, he's, he's, he's been around forever, he knows a lot, I would say, you know what? I need to raise false teachers up and get them to just twist, tweak that Bible a little bit and I can get Christians even to be deceived. You know what else I would do? I'd say, wow, in this world I live in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna impact Hollywood and I want all the movies and all of TV, I want them to push a culture that's not biblical. And I'm not saying everything out of Hollywood's bad. I'm not saying everybody in Hollywood is bad. Some of them are just blind. They don't know even what they're doing. But if I was the enemy, I'd say, whoo-wee. I, I can control a generation through media, right? And here's something that's fascinating. I want you, I want you to hear this. And, and I'm not picking on these organizations, but I want you to hear this. Gay and Transgender Media Advocacy Group, GLAD, double A if you're listening, said in its annual Studio Responsibility Index that of the 109 releases by the seven largest movie studios in 2017, just 14 or 12.8% included LGBTQ characters. Let's finish it out and you'll understand. GLAD called on Hollywood to have 20% of annual film releases include a gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or gender-fluid character by 2021. That's this year. So 20% of the movies you see are going to have these characters in it. And I'm not against any of them. Jesus loves them. But do I want my kids watching that? That's the question you have to ask. Do I need to protect my kids? Devil's gonna put thoughts in their head. They have a sin nature. And they don't have filters, your kids. So you have, you have to know that, right? And then it goes on rising to 50% of output by 2024. Now guys, TV's ahead of movies, right? So, and I understand what's going on. I get it. I'm not here to try to change the world. I'm here to teach Christians. I'm here to teach us. And you and I have to decide. We do, I don't know about you, but I do this with heterosexual movies. When there's soft, soft porn in a movie, I just get disgusted. I'm like, why did they ruin the movie? If you want to see porn, there's porn sites. You don't have to put this in a good movie. And I'm like, just, I'm not going to watch this. I was trying to watch something the other day, and, and I love the actor that's in it. 
And as soon as I start watching it, I could see where it was going. It's going to be very sexual. So I, I, I felt like, oh man, I wish I could watch this. This has got a great plot. But I thought, I'm not subjecting myself to that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And I want you to think about your kids, heterosexual kids that are being bombarded with stuff. And you know, if, if they're on TikTok, YouTube. They're, they're watching someone's channel. That person might not just be showing them how to do something unique. They might also be giving their opinion on things and your little kids start to hear that and it's going to impact them. So this is what I'm trying to teach us. We protect ourselves, right? You don't want your kids just hearing and listening to anything. How about this? The education system. If I was the enemy, whew, I'd say I want to get them young and I want to teach them in public school. And guys, our culture is pushing everything and they're going to teach our kindergarten, first grade, second graders. And you have to know that that's happening. And you and I have to keep our eyes open. I don't think it's happening in the valley, but I'm keeping my eyes open. I'm gonna let administrators know I don't appreciate it. I have pastor friends that are gonna let them know with me. I do not appreciate this. I don't know if we can change anything, but I'm gonna give it a shot, right? Because I don't think they're at the age where they wanna hear that. If they're taught you can, you know, you can have two mommies, what happens, just want you to think about it, or you can be a born a boy, but you could be a girl. What happens? They have a sin nature. The devil's gonna say, that's you, and we'll lose our kids, guys. We're, they're just gonna be pulled away. So that's what you have to understand. The culture is teaching things that are not biblical. So if we're gonna be good parents, we have to know that. Um, I have some other stats in here. If you, if you go to the weekend uh, follow-up group, They'll show you the stats and all that. It's also on my notes. But for time's sake, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I wanna bring us to somewhere really exciting. You ready, guys? Remember this. We can win our battles when we understand our battle. We can. And I'm just trying to help parents, but I know there are some parents here, you're like, mm, why didn't I hear this 20 years ago when I was raising my kids, right? Or I didn't know this, I'm a new Christian, and I didn't know, pastor, I had no idea. Listen, God's made a promise to you. It's in the book of Acts. It's a cool promise. He said, if you accept Jesus, he said, I'll not only save you, but I'll save your whole household. And you and I need to hold on to those promises that God made to our kids and about our kids. And no matter what direction they've gone, don't you take on any shame. Don't you carry any of that. You just begin to pray and say, God, you made me a promise. And I'm hooking up with that promise that you're going to bring my kids into the kingdom of God. And you hold on to that and you pray and you love them no matter where they're at. Love them. But listen to this, guys. History proves this point. Every time there's a world war or a pandemic or great turmoil in a nation, following that is always a spiritual awakening. That's just people coming to know Christ. And you just have huge revivals. And it's happened in our history, it's happened in the history of the world. And I've been sensing this, I've been praying for it. And guys, you know what? Other pastors are saying the same thing, other ministers, and I'm excited about it. Can I tell you something? You can't cancel Jesus. And Jesus can infiltrate any place anywhere on the planet. And here's what I'm seeing. Guys, I don't care who it is. I don't care where their stance is. They may not like Jesus. They may not believe in him, but you can't stop him. You can't keep Jesus in a box. You can't cancel Jesus. Jesus is going to infiltrate and we're gonna see revival in this nation like we never, ever have seen revival. And I think that's a good time. It's coming. It's coming. 
So this message is all about what are we doing in the meantime to protect our kids? But it's coming and it's going to be absolutely amazing. God loves the LGBTQ. I'm really bad with letters. For, if I mix, mess them up, it's not on purpose. I sing songs for 10 years and still don't know the words. There's something wrong with me. Pray for me, right? So if I ever mess up, you see me thinking, which comes first, G or B? I, I'm just, I've got some weaknesses, right? But he's gonna infiltrate that community and they're gonna see the love of Jesus and they're gonna be amazed at Jesus and how much he loves him. He's gonna infiltrate colleges and college professors and educators, and you're gonna see millions of people come to Christ. He's gonna infiltrate Hollywood, movie stars and producers, and you're gonna see big name people come out and say, hey, I accepted Jesus. And they're gonna to try to cancel them, but these people are gonna say, I got too much money to cancel me, baby. And I'm gonna say what I want, and I don't care. I'll, I'll create my own YouTube, but I'm gonna serve Jesus. And guys, one more. You, can't, you cannot cancel Jesus. You can try, but he's gonna infiltrate Washington, D.C. And we're gonna see tons of people accept Jesus Christ. I see it coming. I'm excited about it. So we learned something today. These are principles we need to protect ourselves, protect our kids. Now we need to pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, I did as well as I can teaching this subject. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit who makes up the difference if I mess up or say something or don't say something. Father, I, right now we all wanna come into agreement with parents who say, man, I wish I knew this earlier. And Lord, we lift up these kids that maybe never accepted Jesus or walked away from him. They're not living for him. And Lord, you made us an incredible promise. You will save us and our households. And Lord, we lift these beautiful kids up to you. Maybe they're adults now. We lift them up to you, Lord God. And we ask you to infiltrate their lives and open their eyes up to Jesus. If they knew him before, Lord, open up their eyes and let them see that they need to come home like the prodigal son. And Lord, we just come into agreement right now, all of us, that you're going to do that in each and every one of their lives. And Father, for all the young parents that are here that will be in the next service, Lord, that are listening online, Lord, what an incredibly difficult time to navigate Christianity. It's, it's difficult, Lord. So I pray that you give them wisdom and I pray, Lord, that you help them make tough decisions in the future as they protect their kids. And Lord, we thank you for what's coming. We thank you for an awakening in this nation. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what the enemy tries to do, you cannot cancel Jesus. And we thank you for Jesus infiltrating hearts, opening up eyes. And Lord, we thank you for that revival coming that has happened every time there's been some kind of crazy world events, Father. We thank you for it. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's continue to pray. Maybe you're listening online, Boardman, TCI Correctional Facility. Hi guys, we miss you. And maybe it's here in Warren. And you're not sure of your eternity. Jesus died for the sins of the entire world, every single one of us. And he's told us, man, I love you guys. I died for you. And I remember when I was 19, I, I didn't believe in God, but he opened my eyes up to Jesus. It was amazing. And, and I can't make you accept him. I can't open your eyes up to him. But he wants to save your soul. He died for you. He loves you. And if you're listening and you say, Pastor Joe, my heart's touched. What do I have to do to connect with Jesus? Listen, 
Jesus said, if you believe that I died for you, that I'm the son of God, that God raised me up from the grave, I'll save you. And in order to do that, guys, we're born sin-stained, so I want you to pray with me. And can we help them pray in Boardman here in Warren, TCI, online? Can you hook up with us? Because I want to speak to those online that pray this prayer in a moment. But just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. So this day, I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins. God raised you up out of the grave. This day, I accept you as my savior and I make a decision to follow you. I make you Lord of my life, Jesus. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. They're incredible miracles. And all your sins were washed away. We said it at the beginning. Your spirit man was born again in the image and likeness of God. Your blood washed. Your sins are forgiven. You're holy and righteous in God's sight. God gave you the gift of eternal life. You may not feel a thing, but it all happened. Something else is happening right now that someday we'll all see. Uh, but the Bible says if one person on planet Earth accepts Jesus that God himself and all of heaven celebrate. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.